me, I always thought about spring cleaning. I always did it at the end of my semester. So for me, it was always tied to a moment of kind of celebration. Like it's, I'm moving into summer and I wanna like clean out this space and feel excited about what's to come. So I think it's just like following the seasons or following moods to just see what connects with you. I think too, it also goes back to like, like, what is the why? Like, are you doing it because you want to change something? And then what are the steps to get there? Welcome to Perennials, a podcast about growing up, getting wise, and trying to live a good life. I'm Victoria Russell. Today, I'm talking to my friends Melissa Adamo and Jessica Gaeta about cleaning and organization. Melissa and Jess are Danny Tanner from Full House Levels of Clean and Organized. Melissa is a college writing instructor who lives with her husband, Chris, and Jess is a nonprofit professional who also helps people get organized. You can follow her on Instagram at Organized by Jess, who lives with her husband, Alex, and their daughter, Addie. I previously had Melissa on episode 12 to talk about Gilmore Girls and Jess on episode 27 to talk about resilience and therapy. I wanted to talk to Melissa and Jess about cleaning and organization because it's such a big part of our daily lives, how we relate to and manage our physical space and our time and schedules. And it also touches on so many different parts of our lives. So for instance, if you're struggling with your mental health, with anxiety or depression, it might be really hard to do the dishes. When Jess gets a call from someone asking that she comes and and helps them to organize their space, often they've just gone through a big life change, like they moved or they, they experienced separation from a partner or death of a loved one. Sometimes our standard of cleanliness I think all the time, doesn't perfectly match the level of the person or people that we live with. And so it affects our relationships. And then we also talk about in this episode, the way that women in particular are held to really impossible standards often when it comes to housework and schedule management and the way that the the burden of this labor, which is often undervalued and even kind of invisible, gets placed on women and how that impacts our relationships to others and to ourselves. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any thoughts you want to share with me, please feel free to email me at perennialspodcast at gmail.com or message me on Instagram at perennialspodcast. And be sure to check out Organized by Jess on Instagram to see some of Jess's organization inspiration. Enjoy. Jess and Melissa, welcome back to Perennials. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for for having us. You two are I think my cleanest and most organized friends and in the spirit of spring and spring cleaning, I thought, why not throw everything into chaos and have two people on at once? Jess just wanted a, um, a venue to talk about her planner. Well, also to just that, um, I really would like to start off by saying people need to level up and spring is not the only time that we clean, (laughs) we clean year round. (laughs) It's very so that's true. Be my platform for tonight that people really need to get on their cleaning games. I was wondering if you were going to be saying it's a little bit late for this. <laughs> I'm sure you both started a month ago or something, but I was really curious to ask both of you because I don't know too much about this. If cleanliness and organization have always come easily to you? Like, have you always just been people who were like clean and organized or is this something that are these skills that you developed over time? And like, where did you see that modeled growing up? Um, I think, you know, there's a very um, specific story that I can kind of share as my um, 
cleaning origin story of I think you know <laughs> where it all started when I think back to it so um, I'd like to preface the story with everybody was okay nobody was injured um, but when I was young there was a really bad car accident across the street from my house um, and my mom knew someone who was in the car accident and um, she went out to see if the person was okay um, and they were fine but they were like, do you mind if I come inside? You know, I don't really feel that well. Do you mind if I come in and sit down? And so my mom said, of course, yes, absolutely. She comes back in the house and she starts screaming, Jess, Jess, get the dust mop. She's coming in and she's gonna see that there's dust under the dining room table. And I was like, mom, she was just in a car accident and is not feeling well. I don't think that she's gonna care that there's dust on the floor. And she was like, no, 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 you have to go, go get the dust mops. Um, and so I just think at that moment, I realized that I was different and my family was different. Um, you know, we were, my mom was the type of person where, you know, we couldn't sit with jeans on the couch and, you know, we couldn't have fingerprints on the window and uh, various things of the like. So I think just kind of growing up in that environment, it was instilled in me pretty early. Um, my sister is not necessarily as organized and clean as me. Um, so I think it just also is part of my personality um, that it just kind of, you know, embedded itself in me and type my personality as well, but um, definitely modeled for me throughout my life. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it's not as perfectly dramatic and a beautiful story, like so succinctly. <laughs> um, but I mean, a similar type of family in a way um, of that it was just modeled and you know when guests and we didn't have any like random strangers come in but the moment you started saying that story is like yeah I know like you got to tidy something up right like you have to like make it neat um, because that's like the memory that I remember about cleaning was very much like cleaning for company um, and how involved that was but I don't think I was actually like super clean or super organized growing up because it seemed kind of annoying, right? Like, why are we doing this again? And I distinctly remember that we were cleaning up for my like aunts and like cousins to come over. And my mom said, we have company. And I said, it's just Aunt Kim, <laughs> meaning that we were very close. And I didn't feel like that was, you know, like a special event. It was just another Sunday. So to me growing up, it was kind of annoying um, and my sister didn't like, we're five years apart. She didn't like sharing a bathroom with me because she said I wasn't like clean and didn't like clean up after myself and all this stuff. And then the moment she moved out, I became clean. So uh, I think for me, it was more when there was some ownership involved in that. So when she moved out of the house or just wasn't there as often, like I started being much more like clean and organized when I move, even in like college, I was like very, maybe not as anal as I am now, but like pretty clean and tidy and organized. I like nesting in my dorm all the time. But yeah, each space that I had of my own, it got better and better or worse and worse, depending on <laughs> how you want to open it. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, Melissa, but I also distinctly remember like again, kind of thinking back about it, that like, I think one of my favorite days of the year was going back to school shopping mm. um, because you got a list and then you got to go buy all the things that kept you organized for the year. Um, and it was just like exhilarating to me. And I remember just, it was one of my favorite times 
um, of just going and planning and just feeling in control <laughs> and really excited about that. And so, um, I don't know, did you have that experience too? I, I remember that in college, but I don't remember this very much like as a kid. Whereas now we have company over and the company is just the same family, right? Like it's COVID. We don't have very extensive company and I'm like clean under, clean under the thing. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I'm, I am my dad over and over and over again. And it's, you know, similar to your mom, right? Italian, Brooklyn, it's in the water there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Before we started recording, I was talking to Jess and Melissa about this really funny YouTube video that um, we've all seen before, the three of us have, of this comedian who is doing a character. I think the character's name is Gail because I watched it again today and apparently Gail has like a series of videos, but Gail is like, I think supposed to be a, a mom who's like company's coming and is just like this frazzled wreck and saying things like if you haven't cleaned your bed by now throw it out because it's too late or <laughs> she says something like get the couch out of here we can't let people know we sit or something like that <laughs> or like you have to make it look like no one lives here is yeah, something that's <laughs> that one hits too close to home because I have literally said to my husband like rotate cushions you're sitting on the same cushion too much you need to move to another cushion I think as a kid a lot of um what we see about cleaning and organization is often about like appearances like you guys kind of just like you just pointed out it's like company's coming someone's coming over someone's gonna see where we live and it needs to be like perfect so I'm actually just kind of curious, like now as an adult, is, is that something that you do for yourself, for the appearance or like both? Yeah. Let's therapy this out. Why are we this way? <laughs> because well, I'll, I can share that. Like, there's definitely a mixture of it for me. Like there's very much like, I want to feel good here. And like, it feels better when things are tidier and cleaner. But there's definitely also a voice in my head that's like, if your house is messy or untidy or unclean, like you are a mess, you are untidy and unclean, you are, you know, lazy, you need to get it together. You're not a real grown up, like whatever, like there are definitely messages in my head about what, how the physical space reflects on me it's a double-edged sword. It's, it's definitely, um, I joke about it. You know, I joke about that story about my mom, but it definitely, um, was not always a positive thing. I think it was always about, um, appearances and perfectionism. And I think, um, we were actually just reflecting on this with the past holiday, Easter just passed and I was dressing my daughter and I like take such pride. I love dressing her up in these adorable outfits and we have so much fun. Um, but I don't, I was joking that I feel like I finally broke the generational cycle where like, I don't actually care if she gets dirty in them. But like we joked, I distinctly remember when I was growing up, you know, it was Halloween and I spilled some candy on my costume and I got yelled at, right? Like, cause it was like, you know, I had to, you know, be in my costume and I have to look right. And you know, that kind of um, appearances thing. And I think for me, um, that was always difficult in terms of, you know, having to deal with that outward validation as opposed to just doing something for myself. But I think now that I'm older, my physical space 
being in order makes me mentally feel better and makes me mentally feel in order um, and actually allows me to be how I feel allows me to be more productive with my time. Um, and so that's why I think being organized and um, you know that kind of thing is, is important to me now as an adult. Um, but I do think there's a balance to it. And I do think that sometimes it's a negative. Um, I, I joked about him earlier, but my husband was like, I think Victoria needs to have me on the podcast to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> about this as well, because uh, there's another side to it, the evil side of organization. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think for me, it's this, it's kind of the same. And like that story with my sister in the bathroom, when she moved out, I was like, oh, I don't like that. This is a mess <laughs> because it was mine. And so I think as I like, grew, like grew up and like grow up, it's very much about like feeling proud and having ownership and having that like better mental space. So like, I'm not going to be productive if my bed's not made and I'm not going to be productive if I don't kind of like set up my desk for the work day. Um, like I will feel anxious if I like come down the stairs and the kitchen is a mess because I feel like I can't get to the rest of my day. I have to do this first. Um, and often I want to put off the stuff in the rest of the day and like cleaning might be easier. So sometimes it's a little bit of that too. Um, so I think those kinds of aspects of like, this is something I can control, but also this makes me feel better. It's something that I like in a, and it's not all the time because people do know that we are very clean and organized. So they're like, you want to come clean my house? No, <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> not at all. A lot of it's gross. Like I don't love it overall, but like there, if I'm in a mood and to be fair, it does come up a lot, this mood, like it is nice. Like I want to be doing it because I like blast music and I'm singing and it's very like mindless work when I'm not thinking, when I'm not feeling like anxious about anything and I'm out of my head. Um, and that's what I do like about it. So there are definitely times where I might be overboard. Um, and then I think the day to day is just, I like to keep things tidy for me to feel better in that space. But sometimes when I have like a monster clean that has nothing to do with company, or like anything else. Um, I mean, sometimes it, it aligns. We had Easter over and then the day before I cleaned, um, but it felt fun. Like I was blasting my music and singing all over the house. And, um, and you know, my husband was asking like what he could do to help. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't want it right now because this song is great. <laughs> and it's my jam and I need this like space. Again, that part's rare, like, please help. But otherwise, <laughs> it is, I don't know, there's a lot of things in there too. Like as someone who's maybe in my head a lot and who's someone who's not super like physical or active in a lot of like hobbies, it's nice to get out of my head through kind of mindless work. That speaks so well to, there's the actual, okay, I want my space to feel, you know, to I want it to be a space that I want to be in that functions well, that looks nice, where I feel calm because things are in order. And then there's also the physical act of cleaning or organizing that I think can help you feel better. Like you're saying, like if you're feeling anxious or something that can like get you in your body and then you feel like, oh, I'm doing something, I'm in control, I'm being productive, I'm making things better. I love um, a paper planner and like how they say people summer in the Hamptons like I like plan I love like a planning session um and you know for the longest time people would joke and you know I don't understand this planner thing you have this like fixation on the planner and you know I would get stickers for it and special pens and, and the whole nine yards 
But for me, it was really an anti-anxiety tool. Um, and it really just helped me in terms of, um, you know, it wasn't that I constantly had a list in my head that I was cycling over and over again of gotta clean this or, you know, um, gotta make that dentist appointment um, or even social engagements of what time was book club? Was it seven or 7.30? You know, I'm just kind of always constantly having that replay. Um, it was like, like a really great release for me to just be able to put it down and walk away. And then I just know that I have um, that time or, or even just the feeling of, I don't know if other people feel like this, but I know for me, um, I sometimes feel like I have to do everything in a day and the planner or, you know, whatever form of, you know, writing it down or scheduling that you do for yourself helps me to remember, oh, right, I could do X, Y, and Z on this day. Um, my planner, actually, I started a section that's called um, my top three, you know, and just every day I just pick three things that I need to get done. And if I get those done, I feel like I've accomplished what I needed to in the day. I mean, it really helps me from kind of spiraling to a place of, I don't feel like I accomplished anything or um, I didn't do enough today. Um, sometimes where my mind goes if I'm not feeling um, that productive. So for me, um, being organized definitely helps with like anxiety and for good or bad, it, it gives me a sense of control. Um, and I think that control piece also really helped me just manage my life and you know some of the things that are important to me. I like that point too of like, you just need to get it down so it's out of your head so you're not cycling. Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely times where it's just, I just need to write this down. And then once I write it down, nothing, like it doesn't matter. It, all, it also doesn't even matter maybe if I don't get it done. Like, so I have like lists too. And then if something didn't get done on that day, I just move it over to the next day. It's written down. I just won't forget it. Right. So it might get pushed off a couple of times, but because it was written down, it's not going to like get completely lost. And I actually feel like too, it's helped me with those projects that you always have on that to-do list that you just never seem to check off. Um, but actually writing them down makes me accountable to them. And, you know, similar to Melissa, sometimes it's not a time bound thing, right? It doesn't matter if I clean the air vents this month or next month necessarily, but um, it's something I would never have done in the past, but because I wrote it down and it's, it's in that, you know, planner or whatever note on your phone, um, it really helps me to feel like, um, like it's there and I, I remember to do it. And I've gotten a lot of projects done that I would have never done before if I didn't do that. Even fun ones. It's not even just about cleaning, you know, organizing pictures or, um, you know, if you want to be writing, you know, certain habits, taking my vitamins every day. Like it helps me just to kind of get those things done. It is just nice in terms of checking things off or just feeling um, nice with like a habit tracker and things. I've been trying to deal with a, a lot of like various like health things, trying to improve, um, just like moving more, and especially in the pandemic. And that has been nice to kind of just track and to even see like, again, when I'm falling off, why is that? Instead of like a shamey way of just like, what's going on? You could see it in the calendar. You could see what else is going on and what was due. It's like, well, that week was crazy for work. So that makes sense that I didn't carve out that time. And if I didn't feel good, that's maybe why that also happens. Like looking at kind of cycles to just check in and examine. And it's just nice. It's so cute to like check them. I like checking them off, <laughs> which I know doesn't work for everyone though. Like to write, a, I tell my students all the time, like me checking something off feels like I can hold myself accountable, but other people that doesn't work for them. And so each person needs to like figure out what will make them feel the most accountable, 
because sometimes it's not themselves and that's the last person they'll hold themselves accountable to. It might be another person. Um, and that's much more helpful than a planner. Mm. There's something very hopeful about a planner too. And it's not just the things you don't want to do. You're also capturing what you do want to do. And that's an important thing too. I think that I've talked about this before, but because I'm, I tend to be very anxious about things. Like I forget to look forward to things and be excited about things and like count down to things in a happy, excited way. But I think that's like a really important part of being human. So um, I like that aspect of it too. And, um, and even with cleaning, there's like a hopefulness of like, I can do this. I can tackle this project. And um, even if it's maybe a little bit overwhelming, there's like a certain sense of empowerment and being like, I can do this. I can tackle this. I can break it down into small steps. And, um, but I think a lot of people meet all sorts of different kinds of resistance or overwhelm. And I'm just curious if you ever meet resistance or overwhelm when you're, it sounds like you have lots of habits in place, but if there are certain things that frequently bring up resistance in you, or just if there are one-off projects and whether that's, you feel overwhelmed or you're not sure how to do it, or maybe there's like an emotional attachment to things, how you kind of meet resistance. I don't have a repeated one, but actually while you were talking earlier, um, about, uh, you know, writing things down and things like that. It, it reminded me, um, in May of last year, I got laid off from my job that I had been at for 10 years. And it was, you know, really difficult for me to think about like, what is my next step? And it just felt very overwhelming in terms of, um, I was joking that I wanted to take like those college aptitude tests of like, you know, tell me what I should be when I grow up. Um, Cause I really had to kind of take some inventory um, and I think something that really helped me was I just grabbed a notebook um, and I put every idea on, on a page in that notebook, whether it was quote unquote silly or really realistic. It's like, you know, uh, do I want to be an interior designer or do I want to be a project manager, right? It was like kind of anything that I've ever thought of. Um, and what I really kind of liked about that was I said, you know, whether it was a day or a week, whatever it took me, I was gonna explore like every single one of those ideas. And some of them turned into hobbies, some of them turned into nothing, and some of those, and then I, you know, one turned into a job, right? So um, luckily I was able to get a job and, you know, it even led me to kind of exploring new industries and fields. And so I think that um, for me, it's like helpful to use, I think it's like I said earlier, it's just a tool for me. And if it's not necessarily a tool for everyone, that's okay. But for me, I think it really helps me to focus and not feel so overwhelmed by like, just literally, where do you start? Like sometimes you just literally don't know where to start. Um, so writing something down or, you know, putting a goal out there um, can kind of help you, you know, achieve that. Figuring out your own tools will take a while. And for me, I always thought about spring cleaning. Like you had asked earlier, like, is it late? Is it, is it too late for spring cleaning? I always did it at the end of my semester. So for me, it was always tied to a moment um, of kind of celebration. Like it's, I'm moving into summer and I wanna like clean out this space and feel excited about what's to come and like open the windows and be excited about like the new weather and like spring itself is very hopeful 
especially right now, um, since people are like hanging out outside. So I think it's just like following the seasons or following moods in a lot of ways to just see what connects with you. I think too, it also goes back to like, what is your motivation? Like, what is the why? Like, do you, are you doing it because you want to change something? Um, you know, and, and then what is like, what are the steps to get there? You don't have to be productive for the sake of being productive, but if you are feeling that you want to do something, you know, finding those um, ways to get there. When Jess, when you've worked with clients for your organization business, when people ask you to come in and help them organize something, do you find that people tell you about their resistance or like the blocks that are keeping them from, from doing it or why they're asking you for help? Like, are, do you find most of them are logistical or are they also telling you about, um, I don't know, things that are more like, again, kind of internal that are keeping them from tackling something? Yeah, I don't think that necessarily, um, I haven't had the experience where people, you know, just start telling me all of their emotional uh, issues. But um, I do think that like inherently for most people, it's not rocket science to organize or clean out your space. So they're calling someone else because they need some sort of emotional support to get started. Um, you know, or to begin the process, um, whether it's a sentimental reason, or maybe it's just um, a life change, you know, maybe you've moved, or maybe, you know, some people are maybe separating from a partner or getting a divorce or, you know, different death, unfortunately, you know, there are different reasons why um, people need to organize or clean their spaces. And so I think that um, there definitely tends to be an emotional component behind it, especially if you're kind of seeking someone who is maybe a professional because, you know, I think in my experience, most people have some sort of event or change that has maybe um, been a catalyst to ask me to help. Mm. I also find for myself that I just tend to overthink things a lot. And it's such an active thing to like clean and organize your space. Like, yeah, you have to think about it a little bit, but you just have to like do it and get in there and you literally have to like get dirty and if I sit there too long and think about like how much I don't want to touch the gross toilet or like, oh, I'm not sure I'll, I'll organize this closet in the perfect way. Like maybe there's a better way. There's probably a much better way. I should really, you know, like, uh, I don't really know. Um, I really have to sometimes just tell myself like, okay, you've done enough thinking now and you're just going to do it now. <laughs> like I just have Somebody... to physically stop myself from thinking. It's funny that you say that because I think some of the like most common opening lines are lines that have to deal with like shame or judgment. So people always be like, don't judge me, but here, here's what's going on. Or like, you know, oh, I know this looks crazy, but you know, you know, they always are justifying or, um, you know, like you said, it's kind of like this feeling of, um, I know I haven't done this, but this is why I'm like, can you help me? So um, I think it is just that feeling of like, getting started just like sometimes you just have to rip the proverbial band-aid and just do it and check in with that why again too because if it's for other people and that like judgment or shame then you're gonna stay thinking for much longer because of course it won't be perfect because there's no perfect for like someone else it's like figuring out what works for you in the, those moments and why you're doing it versus I don't know I guess I need to do this 
right? Like so many people don't care about a lot of things that Jess and I care about (laughs) Um, and they're fine, right? Like you don't need to like be as intense. Um, It's just putting in the time and the effort and the energy into what you want to do. So you aren't like overthinking or feeling as much resistance. Um, There's obviously other barriers that can come up and Jess named a few of them too, that would make it harder, but yeah, I think the why and the overthinking is just tricky sometimes. I think too resistance is like, you know, you especially, you know, we've kind of seen with COVID of people when you like maybe naturally are inclined to buy things as comfort, you know, that is like a thing. And um, I think it's sometimes really hard for people to, um, you know, maybe rehome something or donate something or throw something out. Um, there's like all people like a lot of feelings I think associated with that. Um, and you know, especially if there's sentimentality attached to it. So um, I think there, there really are a lot of different reasons that people might show some resistance. Um, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, and it just made me think how like the closet is this, you know, something that we use to talk about hiding shameful things or things that someone feels ashamed of or that they can't show to people figuratively or literally like someone's in the closet or secrets, you know, sweeping under the rug or something, or like they've got skeletons in their closet. I think it's super vulnerable when you bring someone into your house and let them see Jess, if someone asks you to come help them and they're showing you like the closet and everything they've shoved in there and whatever attachments there are, um, and whatever they think this is saying about them, because I really do think we feel like, well, this physical space is saying something about me and I feel so vulnerable and maybe I feel ashamed. I know that like for you guys, it's, I think very habitual and you're, you're very steady a lot of the time with like a lot of this stuff. I know for me, like there was a weekend recently where I skipped doing laundry and there was a reason why I skipped it actually. Um, which I won't get into, but it wasn't just like laziness, which is what I tell myself. And then I saw the pile of laundry getting bigger and I was like, oh, I'm such a, like, why am I such a mess? You know? And it's like the process of, um, like you said, of patience of like figuring out what works for you and why you're doing things. And, and then for me again, with the overthinking, like, I just have to be like, okay, so there's laundry. So I'm just going to do it now and I'm going to get it done. And it doesn't mean I'm like a bad person. (laughs) It sounds so funny, but I just wanted to name it because I, I know other people who have like similar struggles of being, of feeling like ashamed of their, ashamed of themselves for how they relate to these things. So Um, I am wearing workout clothes today because I was like, it's on my list. I got to work out. And I didn't. So I wore (laughs) this outfit like the whole day put a sweater on over it because I'm chilly, but like, and then instead I had both a donut and like cake today and was just like, well, cause that's what's here. Krispy Kreme is giving donuts out for vaccinated people. So <laughs> my husband got us donuts <laughs> and then it was a birthday of the family and there was cake. I'm like, obviously these need to be eaten right now. And I don't, I'm wearing workout clothes on the couch doing it. And that's what today is like, and that's, okay, because I'm a little hungover from Easter and like, that's what needs to be happening today. Well, and I think too, Victoria, like you say it, I mean, I think for me, it is maybe habitual, but I also think that I am at odds with myself about it a lot. 
Um, you know, I don't necessarily think it should be glorified, like in a certain sense, because yes, I like it. It helps me. It's something that I enjoy doing for the most part. But I mean, there is a part of me that feels like um, it is uh, definitely skewed to my gender to feel this way. You know, I think it's definitely something culturally that we put on women to feel this way. And I think a lot about sometimes, you know, I think it does help me balance my time, but sometimes I think, I think Melissa said this earlier of like, I wish I could just leave those dishes because I actually have like work I could be doing or a hobby I'd like to be enjoying or, you know, certain things like that where I actually have to consciously tell myself, like, I know this sounds really silly, but I have to say, put the dish down. Mm -hmm. I could do that another time or I can ask somebody else to do that. Um, so I do think there, there is another side to it where, um, like, yes, it's, it's habitual, but I think in a weird way, I'm also trying to work myself out of some of those habits because um, I don't think that they're always the best. Sometimes too, my husband's like, can I do it? And I'm like, no, but like, yes, like, <laughs> like that is just me like taking something on that's like too much um, and not needed. And other times it's because I do want to do it. Like I do, I'm like enjoying that in that moment and it's fine. So um, I think because it goes both ways, it's a little tricky to sometimes navigate. Like, when is this something that I want to be doing? And when is it going a little overboard? Which it certainly can. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up about kind of the gendered, the way that for women, especially, it's like this expectation and can be really, there can be so much judgment and really impossible expectations and like pressure and um, and like a very invisible aspect to the labor. And I was talking to my, my sister Amanda about this and she has four little kids. <laughs> so she was like, yeah, my house is messy all the time and I want it to be clean because it makes me feel better. And at the same time, like it just can't be clean all the, all the time or very often or whatever, because there's four little kids. But she said she was talking to a friend about it. And her friend was like, if your house was clean all the time with four little kids, it would mean that something was wrong actually, because it would mean like your kids weren't allowed to play or they were too scared to like make a mess or something. And I just thought that that was a good point. I, there's a podcast that I love called the the Rob cast. There's an episode that I absolutely love. I've listened to several times. It's like 77 or 78. It's called Teshuva. It's about the Hebrew word Teshuva. He, Rob Bell was a pastor and he starts the episode. It's not even part of like the meat of the episode. He's just introducing it. And he's like, oh, my, my son, who's a teenager, his punk band, they had, they did a show in our back house. It's like his little studio office. And he was like, yeah, it was so cool. There were three bands. All their friends were here. They were stage diving. The neighbors came to complain about the noise. He was like, you know, the walls are a little dented and we needed to bring in someone to, to shampoo the carpets, but we're just smiling because that's just living. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing that a couple of years ago and being like, what? You can have that attitude. Like, isn't it awesome that we did this thing and the house got messy, but like that's living and we're, and we're smiling. That is, that is a really good point. And um, I wish I could say I did not cringe when you told that story, but I did. I, I cringed. <laughs> um, so I guess I'm not there yet. I'm going to jot that word down and that will be my quote section of my planner this week. <laughs> um, but I do think it's really interesting that, you know, you bring up your sister. I do have a daughter myself and I think um, you, you both know my husband and um, 
he's a, a very equal partner in parenting. Um, but we had to have a really interesting conversation once because naturally, you know, and this isn't a slight to him, but I could get five errands or, you know, cleaning things done, you know, within the time that he could probably do one. And so we kind of just fell into this pattern where like, when we would divide and conquer, you know, I was always doing the cleaning and he was always with my daughter. And then, you know, one day I felt really bad because it was like, she, I felt like she was having like time with the fun parent all the time. And I was like the parent always doing like the chores and the hobbies and cleaning, not hobbies. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think that was something that we really had to have an honest conversation about of like, it's harder for him to maybe do some of those things, but we have to kind of push it to be that way sometimes so that it's like equal for us, um, you know, that we can both have that time of enjoyment. Yeah, I asked uh, to like prep for this, I asked Chris like, well, he didn't know the concept of like invisible labor. So we were talking about it and trying to figure out, especially I think in the pandemic and we like don't have kids, so it is easier to like manage, but like we're home all the time and so, what was I think more invisible became less invisible because nothing's going on in our life. So we're like, guess what chore I did today? <laughs> um, so that hasn't happened as much, but I, I asked him like, what things do you think you do? And what do I do? Just so we can start thinking of them. And I think he was drunk last night when he got to bed and said like, I know one of those secret, those secret jobs. And I was like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, but he said like making the bed that I make the bed every morning. and that's you know clearly not invisible because you then see that it's it's made but that I that it's just always like done and kind of expected and then on the flip side art we have a door that doesn't work and he told me that he fixed it and otherwise I said yeah I wouldn't have noticed because it always just like eventually works out like from the humidity or whatever he's like no I always fix it <laughs> so it's like you have to sometimes just tell each other even what's happening right and we when we lived together before the pandemic we just like didn't we had other things going on we just weren't in the same space all the time um but yeah I would think that's just harder all around when more things are added and also because you said like that Alex is slower at it which I would bet also Chris but I think the issue for us is more he doesn't see them he doesn't see certain things. So after we had like family leave, I was like, okay, what needs to be done tomorrow? <laughs> like, we're gonna go to bed, but like, can you see like what would need to like be done? Very much thinking about like doing this podcast today. And he named like one or two of the like five things that I saw to like, just bring the house back to like what it was before we had people over, right? Like we had extra plates out and tons of recycling to take out and like all this stuff. And he only noticed a couple. And I think that is gendered more culturally um, that we just see it. And so like invisible sometimes is not just who's doing it but also like who sees it, like who sees the job to be done. Um, and I'm gonna see more of them in the house in like a very gendered way. And he's gonna see more of them like in the yard and he sees like more of the like Mr. Fix-It kind of thing. So we each have these like roles, um, but a lot of the house things are like, they pile up maybe more, which is why I see more and maybe which is why like Alex is like slower at them because like some of the things that he does is probably more time consuming and stuff. Like I watch Chris kind of pace around. 
one of our biggest conversations is just about actually like the idea that I have to tell you what to do. So he's never resistant to doing it, but I always have to point it out. Mm -hmm. And then we also kind of struggle in terms of this idea of um, recognition. So like, you know, he will do something and he would want acknowledgement for it, which is fair, you know, not in the, you know, it's not so transactional that like I have to bow down him, right? But it's like, oh, hey, I fixed the garage. Oh, cool. Thanks so much. You know, whatever. But then for me, it's like, on the other hand, I feel like it's, um, and I think my husband's like pretty progressive feminist <laughs> and they're nodding their heads. So that's a yes. Um, but I really feel like unseen sometimes, you know, I feel like I, you know, do a lot and, um, he works outside of the house. I work from home. So I think it's also natural for me to like take some of those chores and, and just get them done because I am physically here to do it. Um, you know, so I think it's something that's really a struggle. And I think with the pandemic, there are so many articles coming out about women who feel this way, um, you know, whether you're, uh, you have a children or not, you know, it's just something that that women are really feeling. So I think that for me, it's, it's almost the mental burden less than the physical task that really um, is the issue for me of like, why do I always have to remember to make the appointment? Why do I always have to remember to say, fix the Nespresso machine? We have a Nespresso machine. <laughs> <laughs> Not sponsored, Victoria's podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's a real thing. And like Melissa said, I mean, culturally, I will like never forget. And I hated the feeling like, we had a very big Italian family and after Thanksgiving, all of my uncles would sit at the table while all of the women and my mother, me and my sister would have to clean up the plates. And like one time my husband did that by accident, like he walked away from the table and left it and it literally triggered me. I like flipped out and he's like, whoa, where is this coming from? And it was just that feeling of, you know, like feeling like it was just this Thing that women have to do. Um, and I think that that's something that um, most people think that they've outgrown, you know, that our generation has outgrown. And I, I think it's still very much prevalent um, in different ways. I think it's different conversations now with more progressive like partnerships. Um, because I think, again, like maybe living at or like being at home all the time has changed things. Um, but like prior to that, uh, we had like an argument when he, I, I don't know, he just was on his phone and like, didn't go to do the dishes after I had cooked. And normally we take turns, like you do one thing, then the other person does the other. Um, and this was like, he was in grad school and he was super burnt out and, but like grad school had just ended. So it was like the next day and I'm like, everything will change now. <laughs> and it, it didn't immediately. And I like, was holding something in for a while because I knew he was under extra stress or he was out kind of of the homework and he had more things going on than me. And so when it ended, there was like this relief and it didn't happen immediately because I never told him because I didn't want to put more pressure on it. And so I think ever since then, not that it's perfect, but I'll eventually get better. Like, I think we're both better at starting to communicate that a little bit more because you sometimes need to have that moment where it just kind of breaks down. And then you say like, you're not, you're not recognizing like what's been going on here. And let's like talk that through a little bit more. Um, it just needs to like happen sometimes. So we keep practicing like thank yous. 
So again, not like bowing down or anything, but just like, thank you. Like, thank you for doing that thing that I definitely would never have done. So, and vice versa um, happens. And again, we miss some stuff. There's still secret jobs and invisible labor that happens that we don't catch all the time. But I think since that like moment, we like just keep working on that a little bit and it's helpful. Um, but it's weird too, because I culturally grew up in kind of a similar household or in a similar culture and like this Italian culture. But my dad is the one that is the cleaner and who is the one who'd be like yelling at his wife to be like, your shoes are out, oh my God. Like <laughs> freaking out about these like little things. So I think it's, I'm also like very split in some of those ways because like all of my obsessive kind of cleaning habits actually come from my father and not my mother who was constantly like, you don't need to vacuum again, take a seat. Like that was that dynamic. <laughs> so it's weird that he didn't really fit in that. But I'm sure him too, like as someone who is more progressive, like wouldn't, you, you can't spot everything what another person does all the time, especially if they're not speaking up about it um, and taking on that expectation, which I think we all tend to do from time to time. I've just been nodding my head so much. I feel like I look like a bobblehead, like on a dashboard because just everything you're saying as you know when my boyfriend Martin and I moved in together when he moved in with me during this pandemic I just remember us having a book club I think where I was just like guys I like I don't is this I'm so angry like I was so angry about him making messes not cleaning up and and it's been so interesting like I just remember googling like do couples go to therapy because of chores? Like, and I, I remember finding an article that was like 70% of couples in therapy talk about chores and cleaning. And, and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's good to know. And actually even just normalizing that like helped things a lot. Um, I mean, I think I was also reacting to like a lot of pandemic stress and taking a lot out on these things. I'll just name that, but it's definitely a very sensitive area for me to not want to feel like I am burdened with the lion's share of this type of work. And, and I remember reading a book by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, it's called committed. And she wrote about how, when she was younger, like she always wanted to be like a guy and she wanted to hang out with her uncles and her grandpa and her dad, cause they were more fun <laughs> and they you know, we're playing games and telling jokes at family gatherings. And then she realized as she got older, oh, they were able to do that because the women, like you guys just said, were cleaning up or were making the meal, setting the table, cleaning up, doing the dishes. That's why they weren't sitting around playing card games and making jokes because they were doing that work. So yeah, I think it gets to like this very tender, sensitive place of like your value as a human being, like what you are here for, which is not just to serve other people and clean up after people. And I think the hardest thing, because I, I also, it's like something it's so common from my experience and what, from what I hear other people talking about, um, that idea of like, what is invisible to other people, like, like not seeing, cause I've had the same conversation of like, Hey, let's look around before we go to bed. Like, what would you clean up if I wasn't here? <laughs> you know? And, um, sometimes the response, and for some people, this might just be like a roommate situation or something, but sometimes the response is, well, like, it doesn't bother me. It's not a big deal. I would just leave. I would just leave it. And, um, 
my sister and I like to say like, that's probably bullshit. Like, <laughs> like maybe you would leave it, but that doesn't mean that like you should be letting like mold grow on a cup or something. Right. Like, so like, that's something that can be really, yeah, it can be hard to manage and to, I think that must take a long time and a lot of like patience and trying to be understanding and forgiving on, on both sides, I guess, but it's not easy when it's like, someone's just like, yeah, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's really, I like uh, now I'm the bobblehead. Cause I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> so whether it's a partner or a roommate or whoever, right. But like in this case, it is my husband. We are just literally on different acceptable levels of cleanliness like Mm -hmm. I'm not right he's not right I'm not wrong he's not wrong but we just have a different standard and so it's always this push and pull of like he feels I'm too critical and I feel like he's not respectful of my space and so we've had to have this conversation of finding a balance of it sounds really silly but it's like when you leave your shoes out it makes me feel more uncomfortable in my home so can you please work on that and he'll say you know, your tone when you ask me to do something is not appropriate. I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) You know, like, can you ask me in this way? Or can, you know, jot, like, I am receptive, more receptive to a list. Like, can you jot it down on a list for me and I will do it. Um, And I think it just really goes back to like that communication piece of like being a partner. And I think, you know, for me, this is maybe slightly a little bit off topic, but like, you know, sometimes I can't help but do some mental math of like, you know, you know, for women, you maybe take an extra 30 minutes to get ready than men do. Then you take an extra 30 minutes to clean up the house than men do. And then you take, you know, another hour or two of childcare that maybe men don't do. And, you know, women could solve a lot of problems in that time. Women's like, you know, and it's like, we talk about things like pay inequity and wealth inequity between men and women. And, um, different things like that. And I think especially with the pandemic where so many people have um, left their jobs and so many women in particular had to leave their jobs to take on some of these household tasks. It's, you know, I think it's really something that is important to talk about with your partners if, you, you know, if that applies to you because, you know, it is something that can really impact your life. And, you know, um, it really is meaningful to a lot of people. I think too, not everyone like, regardless of gender, but not everyone has those things like modeled in the home, right? They don't have parents that are going to be like talking about that or like caring about that as much either. So whether it is a partner or roommate, it's also sometimes just communicating like, why is that important to you, right? So like, again, like if I wake up in the morning and the kitchen's a mess, I'm not gonna be able to like go about my day as effectively. And so that's gonna mess things up for me. Um, But like when, um, Chris, like my boyfriend at the time, right. When he like moved in with, to my apartment too, it like felt like new and different, but also he like that stuff just wasn't modeled for him. So he also just sometimes wanted to know, and maybe it can feel like annoying of like, I shouldn't have to like teach this person how to do something basic, but also it's like, yeah, you can, because then he'll do it. Right. Like (laughs) sometimes I just take it on, like, oh, I'll just do it, which is silly like we put that on ourselves when sometimes it's like this stuff isn't very hard so if you do just teach it for like a couple of minutes you get that time back later um and so I think in the beginning especially when he moved in a lot of that 
stuff did kind of happen. Or I would say like, just, did you notice that this pan still has like grease on it? Because that's how much oil we used. Like that means you have to wash it multiple times. So it's just something that like, it took a little bit, right. And it makes it eventually a little bit like more equitable and um, more balanced too, because there's stuff that I don't care about that he does care about. So, which is like nice to find that balance. And I probably need to work on not writing off the things he cares about as much because yeah. I'm like, obviously my dust matters more than the, the broken door that I don't care about, you know, like, so it's figuring each of that, like each of those things out, but also like leaving room for like growth and learning and like discussion amongst each of it, right? Even if it's not partnered or gendered, it's just you personally, like learning how to do something, taking on a project and giving some of that grace can be helpful, but Otherwise, I guess, yeah, I mean, all those problems in the world could have been solved. Like, (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm on a crusade. (laughs) I think what you said early on, Melissa, about like ownership is really interesting too. Like how even for me, when I moved into my apartment, like I had more appreciation for some of the things my mom used to say, you know, about like, hey, I don't like when I come down in the morning and you've left you know, like you had some snacks the night before and you didn't put stuff away. I got that more. Like once I was living in my own place and I think there is that level to which for such a long time throughout history, like the private sphere, the home, you know, was seen as like, oh, that's, that's the woman's thing and the public sphere and out there is the man's thing. Um, And it's a slow transition. But I also just think, you know, I'm not, I'm not the cleanest and neatest person either. So like I get, I'll get very upset with him because that's how I get with myself. And I kind of project onto him sometimes. Um, but it's also like, it's not easy for me to do these things necessarily. So I'm always like, I don't want you to make it harder for me. Like, Mm -hmm. this isn't an easy thing for me to do. So you, when I feel like you are making it harder, that's really, really upsetting because I know I feel better when things are like in better order. And, and yeah, I want to feel respected. I want to feel like there's gratitude and recognition for the things that I do that aren't fun or pleasant or gratifying or like when someone makes the meal, it's like, Oh, what a delicious meal. But when you're scrubbing the, the plates after or the pan (laughs) afterwards, no one's like, oh, thank you for scrubbing that pan so that it wasn't sticky with oil the next time I went to use it, you know? Um, but I do think that I try, like you were saying, Melissa, I try to also recognize like the things that Martin brings that are for the same reason that I have that attention to detail and, and I can be extremely anxious. Like he also can help me um, see the, the forest through the trees sometimes. So like I try to take both of it and not undermine you know, not invalidate the fact that it does actually, these things do matter and there's more to the whole story. Yeah. Different people have different strengths, but I need your strength to also be being clean. (laughs) 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 So that's, that's a lovely sentiment, Victoria, but you can emotionally support me and also be clean. (laughs) Well, I was, I was going to say actually with that dish example is like, those I think are the both tangible things because a lot of people see that right? Like, um, you could see that now you have plates or you could like, if you cook and then the other person cleans the dishes, those, those seem to be the most obvious of some of the chores and the more fun ones because food is involved. So even Mm -hmm. if you're cleaning the food, 
you got to eat the food. Whereas like cleaning a bathroom, there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Doing like floors and like, for me, spring cleaning is like doing a lot of the stuff that I don't normally do. Like I'll clean, I'll tidy every day and I'll like clean once a week, but I don't really get very obsessive about like all the details. So I do that like periodically throughout the year. So like dusting the fan and like doing the vents and like all this stuff like that isn't, has nothing fun attached to it at all. And no one notices it. Yeah. And when you have company come over, no one says those grates are beautiful. Like, yeah. You must have great air quality here. <laughs> you know, like no one notices that stuff. Um, but usually in like a kitchen around food, people do notice a little bit more. And yeah, it's also like health and safety, especially yeah. now, like talking about these issues is maybe a little bit different nowadays because people are noticing ways that they haven't cleaned or thought about surfaces and things like that before, um, which is always kind of interesting. Yeah. I feel like uh, it's a very validating time for clean people <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm curious if there's anything you would want to leave people with if they're like, well, either feeling inspired to like smash the patriarchy or organize their closet right now. Um, is there something that makes those tasks like more fun or enjoyable? Um, even if it's just like a specific song that you want to shout out, or if there's anything that like helps you actually have fun doing some of these things. Um, I don't have a, I don't have a specific song. It's usually just a lot of like female singer songwriters that I'm like blasting. But the other day I wound up cleaning just because I needed to finish a book on audio. And I was like, I guess I'll, I need to be doing something when I'm doing an audio book because I can't just like sit still and listen. So I wound up cleaning something just because I needed to finish this book in time to like give it back to the library. And so sometimes it's that like pick a book or a podcast, um, perennials is often on when I'm doing dishes. It's yeah. This podcast. <laughs> so I think those things kind of help is like having something in your ear, uh, whether it's music or an audiobook or a podcast, like it makes it something you can look forward to, especially if it is like a podcast episode you're excited about or a book that's like getting really good and you just need to go back to it. Um, it can make a task. Yeah, just more exciting or at least tolerable. Let's, <laughs> let's lower our expectations to the general public. Tolerable. Um, I'm a very visual person, so I actually find it really fun to take a before and after, even if I don't, you know, necessarily post it anywhere. It doesn't have to go on social media, but um, I find it really satisfying. It's that really like tangible result. Um, I think it's kind of fun to um, like see that that process um, and then you can kind of like show people um, recently it was really interesting I had this um, kitchen table that was my mom's um, it had to be like 30 years okay. old my mom passed away you know when I was 20 and so it's a sentimental table and the grout in the table is something like to be honest I never even noticed and then one day I was like that's really dirty I wonder if I can clean that um, so I took a picture and I cleaned it and like the process of cleaning it was so satisfying because you could see the literal dirt lifting and just that feeling of this is something that's so special to me and I'm taking care of it. Um, and now I you know, can see the end results and it's just um, made me so happy. So I think just like finding the things that are important to you and you know, 
um, doing them <laughs> just makes you happy. Um, and I do, same as well, like podcasts, music, um, you know, just kind of like moving around and having fun with it. It doesn't have to be so serious, even though we're very serious about it. (laughs) You did post that picture though. And I was there for it (laughs) because that visual can be inspiring. I think you or Katie also said to follow on Instagram, go clean, go. It's so amazing. That Instagram. So addicting. And I like started because I, again, I normally do spring cleaning at the end of the semester when I like have more time. And I started it because they had such good before and after photos and they're doing weekly challenges actually. So it's kind of interesting to see it like step, like one room at a time, which is how I'm going to be doing it like now as well. Um, and yeah, just a before and after, right. That's why we love makeover shows and queer eye and all of these things is because we like that visualization. So also yeah. follow Jess's organized by Jess because great. Yes. <laughs> and you know what I love that you named Jess is like how taking care of something can also just be a sign of like respect. And like, I recently was, um, my, my parents gave me some of my great grandfather's paintings to hang in my apartment. And I was just cleaning like the frame and the glass. And it felt like I'm like, re- I'm caring for something that's really important. And like, now I can see the painting better. And it, I'm like, it makes me so happy to, to have this hanging in my home and to take care of it and to respect it. And even just in the act of cleaning it, I actually was looking at the painting more carefully and noticing things about it. And so I think that's like a really lovely thing to keep in mind too, that there's like a certain just sense of like respect and care within cleaning that does matter even if sometimes it feels invisible so thank you guys so much this was really fun and I'm sorry for keeping you up so late for hours (laughs) I'm like there's so much more to say (laughs) at the end of spring and we'll show our before and afters oh my gosh if you have any before and afters you want me to share on the perennials instagram please I'll do it direct me to them (laughs) I'll send you my table cleaning. Oh my God, that's the best. That's the best thing. Thank you so much for listening to the Perennials podcast. I'm Victoria Russell. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. You can follow along on Instagram at Perennials Podcast or send me an email at perennialspodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. The song you're hearing now is I Orbit a Moon by Paul Finn.